Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. While you're still standing, uh, take your Bible, your iPad, iPod, whatever you've got. It's got scripture on it. And... Open it up with me, please, to the book of Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14, and we're going to look beginning at verse 7 of Exodus chapter 14, verse 7. We're going to kind of continue in the vein that we were in last weekend. I told you that the Lord's uh, laid on my heart to... uh, go from Egypt to Canaan uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, Egypt just a little bit more and then we're going to move on through the wilderness to uh, Canaan crossing the Jordan and uh, I believe God's got some words he wants to speak to us in that amen so if you've got your uh, Bible open, Uh, We'll begin reading it at verse 7, chapter 14. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them in camping by the sea beside Pyroth before Belzavon. It's kind of hard for a southern accent to get out there, so please forgive me. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lift up their eyes and behold, The Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Father, we thank you today for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Now, Father, I pray that as we minister God this word today, I pray that ears be open, hearts be receptive to hear your word. Father, I pray today, let me be hidden behind your cross that man would not see me, but, Father, that you would be exalted 
We honor you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. We just finished this song, uh, and and I'm always amazed at how the Lord works. Uh, Sister Haley came in this morning, and uh, no idea what I was going to be talking about, but uh, the song that they sang earlier about salvation's tide is rising. The word salvation simply means rescue, uh, being rescued. When we were saved, Jesus rescued us from uh, our sin. And then they just finished singing the song of At the Cross. At the Cross where my Savior died. At the Cross where I first saw the light. And the Cross represents deliverance. It was an instrument of death, but yet it's through the cross that we, you and I, have been delivered. Without the cross, without the shedding of blood, there would be no remission of sin. And as we just read, the children of Israel have been delivered out of Egypt. They've been delivered out from under the hand of Pharaoh and out from under the, the slavery uh, bondage, out from under the whip of the taskmaster. And I told you last week that Egypt in the, in the Old Testament is a type of sin. It's a type of bondage. And... Uh, we talked about last week that God heard a cry. God heard a cry, and because of the cry of the children of Israel, the Bible says that God came down and told Moses that I'm going to deliver my people out from Egypt's slavery. It all started with a cry because somebody recognized they were in bondage, and they recognized that the only way out is through God's deliverance. But I want you to know today that, that it's one thing for us to be rescued out of bondage, but quite another to continue in that freedom that God has given us. I want to tell you this. If you're here this morning and you've been rescued out of bondage, don't get the idea that you're never going to fight another battle. But one thing that I want to deal with this morning is the understanding and getting this concept, especially in January of 2017, as we are beginning a new year. I, like you probably, I have laid some things down and I said I don't want to take this into 2017. I've, I've put some things to the side and uh, no, I'm not a drunk, and, and I don't uh, run around on the side and all that, but there are things in my life that I've laid to the side because I recognized they were a hindrance uh, to what God was wanting to do in my life, so I've laid those things to the side. 
But one thing that I want us to see here this morning is that God delivered the children of Israel out from under the hand of Pharaoh. And as they left Egypt, the Bible says they left Egypt with a high hand. They left Egypt in a hurry, but this is what I want you to see. Egypt didn't leave them. They left Egypt, but Egypt tagged along behind them. Here's something else that I want you to to get this morning. Is even though Pharaoh told Moses, said, get the children of Israel, get these people and get out of here uh, because every home in Egypt had been affected by death. And so Pharaoh said, I've had all I can take. Get these people and get them out of here. Get them out of my sight as fast and as quickly as possible. But the Bible says that after they left, Pharaoh, God hardened Pharaoh's heart again to the point that Pharaoh regretted allowing the children of Israel to leave. And as a result, the Bible says that we just read that Pharaoh gathered up his army, gathered up his chariots, armed his men, and began to pursue the children of Israel. Can I tell you this, ladies and gentlemen? God will deliver you. He will set you free from the hand of Pharaoh. But don't think that your enemy will give up and just say goodbye to you. But I want to tell you this, and I'm kind of jumping ahead. I want to tell you this, that there are things that you have been crying out to God that you needed deliverance from. God has brought deliverance to to you through, uh, has brought deliverance to you from those things. And, And those things have been pursuing you They've been chasing you. They've been running after you. But listen, I'm, I'm here today to tell you this, that I believe that God is saying today that he is about to deal a final blow to some of those things that have been chasing us, and he's about to, to wash those things out in the Red Sea. Now listen to this. I want to I deal today with Three steps of deliverance. Three steps of deliverance, and they're very simple. I know you're probably waiting for this big theological uh, uh, thing that I'm going to give you and all of that, but this is going to be so simple, you don't want to miss it. The three steps of deliverance is this. The first one is he did. The second one, is he is, and the third one is he will. You say, Pastor, that's three steps of deliverance? Yes. He delivered me yesterday. He is still delivering me today, and he will deliver me tomorrow. Take your Bible and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8. And we'll drive that home and then we'll move back to Exodus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 8, 
Paul said this, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we despaired even of life. In other words, Paul said, Guys, I don't want you to be unknowing about what we had to deal with in Asia. It was tough. It was hard. We were pressed on every side inasmuch that we despaired even of our life. Verse 9 says, But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. Now listen to verse 10. Who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Notice that deliver is used three times there. Paul said when we were in the midst of horrible situations in Asia, when people were trying to kill us and trying to stop us, when the enemy was trying to shut the gospel message down, Paul said it was so bad that, I, that we even despaired of our very life. He said, but this, but even in the midst of that, God delivered us from such a great death. And he said, not only did God deliver us from that, he said, but even right now, as I'm writing this word, God is delivering me right now. And not only is he delivering me right now, he said, but I'm trusting him that he will deliver me from whatever I'm going to go through tomorrow. You see, friend, I want you to know this morning that the, that the whole concept of Christianity is not that you would have a mansion on the hill. It is not that you would have a nice BMW or whatever you want to drive. It is not that you would have all the finest of the finest, but the whole concept of Christianity and the reason that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross of Calvary was not to make you happy but to make you free. You see, that is the whole concept of Christianity is to bring deliverance. In Luke chapter 4, uh, we talked about last Sunday where Jesus stood and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach uh, deliverance to the captives and, and all of that. That Listen, in verse 4 it is, I believe it is, that Jesus said he has anointed me to preach deliverance to those that are bound. The thing about 2017 is this, that people don't see themselves as in bondage. They don't see themselves as being bound in sin. But I want you to know that bondage is rampant in our culture. Remember what I said last Sunday that Jesus said, he that the sun sets free is free indeed. I want to tell you something this morning, and I do say this because I'm a pastor, but more than that, I say this as a recipient of the freedom that Jesus gave me. I want to tell you anything outside of Jesus Christ is bondage. Anything outside of knowing him as your Savior is bondage. Now, you might not agree with that, but 
when you preach, you can say different. I'm preaching today, so I'm going to say that. Amen. Understand this, ladies and gentlemen, that when God set the children of Israel free out of the land of Egypt, he didn't lead them in a straight line from Egypt to the promised land. And I want to tell you this. You might wonder why you are going through what you're going through right now. You might wonder why you are dealing with the circumstances that you're dealing with right now. And your major word might be, why God? Why am I having to go through this? Why did this have to happen to me? Why did so-and-so have to do this to me? But I want to tell you something this morning. God doesn't always lead us in a straight line. God's plan for your life is not a straight line. Sometimes God says, I want to take you over here to the left because there's something that I want to do that's going to build your character. Listen, it's like somebody that's got a beautiful gift that they can sing like an angel. They, they got a voice that's out of this world, but they got a character that smells like yesterday's garbage. And listen, uh, because they refuse to allow God to refuse find their character, they will eventually destroy the beauty of the gift they have. And that's the reason that God sometimes will take you to the left because he's got something there that he wants to deal with in your character that says this, that your gift is awesome, but I've got to deal with your character because if I don't deal with your character, your gift will get all messed up and it will lose its value. Turn over to Exodus chapter 13, and, and I want to show you something there in Exodus chapter 13. Look at verse 17. Listen, we don't often, most of the time, we don't understand what God is doing. And we don't understand the whys of things. But listen, the deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt, is one of the greatest stories of deliverance ever told outside of the fact of what Jesus did in your life and my life. This story is one of the greatest deliverances. Think about this. One man goes to the leader of an empire, one of the most powerful men on the face of the earth at that time was Pharaoh. Moses, armed only with a rod in his hand and the backing of heaven, goes toward, in front of Pharaoh and says, this is what God said, sir. God said, let my people go. And you know the story. Over a period of time, Moses, by the hand of God, won out, and Pharaoh let the children of Israel go. But listen to this. In chapter 13 and verse 17, the Bible says it came to pass that when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. Watch that. God said, 
I'm going to I'm going to bring you out of bondage and I'm going to take you to a land that flows with milk and honey. And everybody said hallelujah, praise the Lord, and we did our little charismatic dance. We're fixing to go to the land of promise. We're going to go to the land that flows with milk and honey. And man, I can't wait. I've been in bondage. I've been a slave. My family was a slave. My forefathers were a slave. 430 years, we've been working for Pharaoh. Praise God, we're getting out of here. And tomorrow, we're going to eat biscuits in the land that flows with milk and honey. For many people, that's the concept of the way that God is supposed to do things. I want my freedom now, and I want my blessing right afterwards. I want my meal right now, and I want my cup of coffee sitting there when I finish eating my chicken. I had to say that because I know y'all probably want some chicken about right now. Listen, God didn't lead the children of Israel through the land of the Philistines, even though that was the nearest way. But he led them through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the Bible says the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Listen, if it was a straight line from Egypt to Canaan, the journey would have been around 150 miles, which them walking would have probably taken them around two weeks to traverse that journey. Then where did the 40 years come from, Pastor? If it was a straight line from Egypt to Canaan that I could walk and get there in two weeks, why in the world do I have to struggle in this wilderness for 40 years? Can I tell you something this morning? If God doesn't get Egypt out of us, if God doesn't get Egypt out of me, if God doesn't get all the tendencies of Egypt out of my life, if I get in the promised land, I will go right back into bondage because of the blessings that are in the promised land. They will bring me into bondage. Listen, Jesus wants you free, sir. He wants you free, ma'am. Jesus doesn't want to do a halfway job. He came to set me free. He came to set us free. And he wants to bring freedom, total freedom, into mine and your life. He is a deliverer. So we understand that God could have led them by the way of the Philistines, but he didn't. He chose to lead them by the way of the Red Sea. Now I want you to notice something here. If he had led the children of Israel by the way of the Philistines, it is most likely that Pharaoh would have never followed them. And here's the reason. The Philistines were widely known as a vicious, bloodthirsty, fighting group of people. If he had led them through the land of the Philistines, perhaps the Philistines 
would have attacked them and reduced their numbers greatly while Pharaoh would have still been intact. But God said, I'm going to lead them by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea because I want to deal with Pharaoh once and for all. I want to deal with Egypt once and for all. That is the reason I believe that God took the children of Israel toward the Red Sea. The Bible says that that when they got uh, close to the Red Sea, that God had given them a cloud of fire by night and a, and a cloud by day. And, and that, that, was the, that was the picture of God's leading the children of Israel. But when they got to the Red Sea, they realized that Pharaoh had been trailing behind them and was in hot pursuit, willing and intent to destroy them. Listen, if we will allow God to deliver us, God will totally deal with every enemy in our lives. You say, Pastor, is it really possible for me to walk in freedom? Is it really possible for me to leave bondage behind and experience the freedom that Jesus talked about? It is if you understand. Listen, I believe in this passage of Scripture and all the way through the wilderness that starting from Egypt, from the, uh, the lamb that was slain and the blood that was applied, that the children of Israel, they had the principles down, but they never got the revelation of what God was trying to give them. They followed the detailed plan that Moses had given them uh, to uh, deal with the lamb and put the blood over the doorpost of their houses, but they never realized the revelation of what God was doing in their lives. They never realized that God was saying, I want to bring freedom to your life. I want to set you free. I don't want bondage in your life. The Bible says that they got to the Red Sea and they began to fear. They began to look back at Moses that we just read in in, uh, chapter 14. They began to look back and uh, say to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, you've taken us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore have you dealt thus with us to carry us out of Egypt? Didn't we tell you to leave us alone that we might serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Listen, how many people have I talked to that have been saved? They've had an experience with God. God's done a work in their lives. And and they made a start for him. They're, they're walking and they're living and they're loving the Lord and then all of a sudden it seems like that everything that they left in the past is now trailing behind them, trying to catch up with them. Those old habits, those old friends, those old playmates and things that they used to have, now all of a sudden that stuff is, is knocking on their door. 
They're hearing the hoofbeats of the horses of Pharaoh's army that's coming in behind them. Listen, I know this message might not be for everybody, but there's somebody here this morning that your past is hounding you. Your past has been chasing after you. You've been saying, I I was doing good. I didn't have all these problems before I got saved, and and life was easy and all of that. But see, you didn't know that you were in bondage until Jesus came and set you free. And now what you're experiencing, you're experiencing the fact that of freedom in your life. And now bondage is something that, that you had never known anything about until Jesus came in. But our past is constantly trying to catch up with us. The past relationships, the past memories, the past habits, and things such as that that God had delivered us from is always, uh, we can always hear the hoofbeats of those things that are coming toward us. But they got to the Red Sea and they began to say, would to God that we had just stayed in Egypt. And perhaps there are those that are here today, you're thinking, maybe I should have just stayed where I was. Maybe I should have just uh, stayed like I was because I didn't have to deal with all this struggle and all this pain. But listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. God delivered you, but he's trying to get you somewhere now. Understand that there's a big thing, big difference in being delivered from something and allowing God to take you into something. I'm glad I was delivered. But I want to go somewhere. I don't want to stay where I was. I don't want to stay in one spot. I want to go to that that God wants me to have. And so they began to struggle and they began to grumble uh, that it would have been better if we had stayed in Egypt. But all the while, God was saying, I believe to Moses, just bear with me, son, because I'm about to deal with that that they're struggling with. I'm about to deal with that that has been hounding them. And all the while, the hoofbeats were getting closer and closer and closer. And you've heard this so many times. The hoofbeats of Pharaoh's army behind them and the, the Red Sea before them with nowhere to go. But one thing they didn't realize is that the cloud of God's glory was over them. They didn't realize that the cloud of God's presence was with them. And the Bible says that right before Pharaoh made contact with the children of Israel, that the glory of the Lord, the cloud of the glory of God, uh, moved from up here to back here and separated the children of Israel from the hand of Pharaoh. Listen to this. Listen, if you will understand that God has set me free and set you free out of Egypt and God is taking you somewhere, all you've got to do is just relax, friend. You didn't bring your deliverance. You didn't buy your deliverance. You didn't make it happen. You didn't set it in order. You didn't cause anything to happen. All you did was acknowledge you were bound and cried out to God, and God's been doing the rest. So what good is it going to do you to sit around and cry and mumble and complain about the situation that you're in now? What good is it going to do you to get on your face and weep and holler and cry and beg God 
to do something that he's already done and to beg him to keep on doing something that he's already said. I'm going to do it. All you got to do is stand there. What? Listen, I spent so much time saying, God, where are you? And God, why are you letting me go through this? And, and God, when are you going to move on my behalf? And, and God's standing there, I think, sometimes with his arm folded up and saying, son, if you'll just shut up for a little while, I got something I want to tell you. I'm just bringing Pharaoh into a trap. You thought that you were going into a trap, but it's not you that's going into a trap. It's your enemy that's coming into a trap. Amen. See, we got to get revelation that God has delivered us and that he will deliver. If he has, he will. Say that to your neighbor. If he has, he will. Now look at him and say, just get over yourself. Now say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it that way. But that's what pastor meant, so I had to say it. Listen, there's so much freedom between Egypt and the Red Sea that I believe that the children of Israel never understood it. They never got the revelation of it, Pastor Don. They never got what God was saying. And what God was saying was, I'm not only a deliverer yesterday, but I'm a deliverer right now. Listen, and, and because sometimes God leads us in ways that we don't understand and causes us to take a route that we would think that we would go in another way and we don't understand the route that God has put us on. We grumble and complain and we miss out on what God is doing. And God, all God is saying is, I'm just trying to refine your character. I'm trying to refine. Listen, you've been in bondage for years and years and it's got some rough edges on you. So I want to refine your character a little bit and bring some some shaping to your lives so that I can use you. Everybody wants to be used. If God was to come down to today to all of us and say, I'm, I'm about to put a gift in your hand. I'm going to give you a gift and everybody that you lay hands on is going to be miraculously healed. Everybody say, here, go ahead, give it. A lot of y'all be wanting to write a book and sell tapes on it, all right? But if God said, I'm, I'm going to give you a gift, everybody would want it. But if God said, I'm going to take you in a way that you might not understand, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a life path for you that you might not like all the time, then we would say, but, well, you know, I... I you know, uh, well, God, just let, 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 let my brother have that gift. You know, I, I'm happy eating these cucumbers in Egypt. Now, 
that wasn't in my script. I'm, I'm moving on. Amen. But here's the thing. You know the story. Moses was there on his face before God saying, God, what do we do? And God said, get up and go forward. He said, Moses, take the rod that's in your hand and stretch it out over the Red Sea. The Bible says that when that happened, that that night an east wind began to blow and it blew all night. It's kind of like some of that wind we had last night, not before. But it blew, and the Bible says that it separated the, sea, the water and the sea. The children of Israel the next, the next morning went through the Red Sea, which is a picture of baptism. They went through the Red Sea on dry ground. Somebody said that's an impossibility. I don't believe it's an impossibility when God does it. But they went through on dry ground. And the Bible says that when they went through on dry ground, God released the cloud and the, and the armies of Pharaoh began to follow. Understand what God is doing here. If the Red Sea was a picture of baptism for the children of Israel, then the Red Sea was a picture of judgment for our enemies. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? I want to say it again. The Red Sea was a picture of baptism for those that had been redeemed, those that had been rescued. But those that they had been rescued from, it became a source of God's judgment. The Bible says when they got in the midst of the Red Sea, that Pharaoh's armies, chariots, the wheels begin to fall off. Everything began to go wrong. And Moses got on the other side, and God said, stretch your rod out again. <clears throat> because this is the last time that you will hear from these anymore. This is the last time that Pharaoh will ever hound you again. This is the last time that you will ever see those that have abused you again. This is it. You see, this was my plan all along because I wanted to total deliverance from Egypt with you. And I had to deal with Pharaoh and his army. You see, friend, maybe that's what God is doing in lives today that we don't understand and we're kicking and screaming because we're facing the Red Sea and hearing the hoofbeats of our past. But God is saying, if you will just stand still, you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. You don't have to fight. Listen, you don't have to cry. You don't have to beg and scream. You don't even have to get your Bible out and read uh, the right scripture. God's already got it. God's already dealt with it, and it's, it's on its way. Deliverance is coming. Listen, the Bible says in 2 Peter 2, verse 9, 
the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. I want to read you one more passage of Scripture in the book of Psalm 91, and I'm going to land this plane. Psalm 91. I was reading this this morning, and the Lord brought three three times in it that the word deliver is mentioned. Says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. And my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings shall you trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Now let's change it up just a little bit. Use personal pronouns. Verse 5, I will not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the error that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. For a thousand shall fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not, it will not, Come nigh me. Only with my eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because I have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, my habitation. There shall no evil befall me. Neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. For he will give his angels charge over me to keep me in all of my ways. They will bear me up in their hands lest I dash my foot against a stone. I will tread upon the lion and the adder and the young lion and the dragon. I will trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me. Therefore will he deliver me. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Verse 3, verse 14, and verse 15, God says, I am a deliverer. One more thing. I want you to go back to verse 1. Because in verses 1 and verse 2 of Psalm 91, there are four names of God that's used in the first two verses of that chapter. The first one is, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. The Most High. That name of God, Most High, means simply this, 
that God is greater than any enemy that I face. God is greater than any enemy that I have faced, I will face, or he's greater. And then he goes on down that shall abide. Let me read it like this. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And that name for God Almighty simply means his power to confront and destroy my enemy. Why? Because God is a deliverer. God wants us to know today that he is a deliverer. And he is Almighty God. Another meaning of that word Almighty or name Almighty is God of armies. Friend, he is not limited on his ability to bring freedom to mine in your life. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, and that name Lord is the assurance of his presence being ever with me. So when I say Lord, I am simply saying this, that he is ever with me. He is not only my almighty God, my most high God, but he is Lord. He is ever with me. And then he goes on down. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. That name God shows me that God has chosen. God has chosen to be intimately connected and in relationship with me. Think about this. The creator of heaven and earth has chosen to be intimately connected with me. That's awesome. Would you stand with me, please? So remember this. That God didn't bring you to the Red Sea for you to be destroyed. He didn't allow the armies of Egypt to pursue you, to destroy you. But he brought you to the Red Sea and he allowed the armies of Egypt to pursue you that he might deal with them. God's wanting to bring deliverance to us. He is not wanting to bring death to us. He's wanting you to walk in freedom and liberty and wholeness.